Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, General Electric unplugs its CEO and President Trump sues California over net neutrality. But first, Elon Musk and the SEC settle their differences. So last Thursday, federal securities regulators sued Tesla CEO Elon Musk, accusing him of basically lying in a series of tweets related to his half-baked plan to take Tesla private. The most notable untruth was an initial tweet that Musk had what he called, quote, funding secured to buy Tesla at $420 a share. Now, not only had he allegedly never actually mentioned that price to any potential investors, but the SEC lawsuit also revealed that that 420 itself was partially chosen because it's become slang for marijuana and Musk thought it would impress his girlfriend. Yeah, seriously, that's what the SEC said. The SEC apparently thought it had a settlement with Musk last Thursday morning, but then he backed out, believing the allegations to be unjustified. So all signs pointed to a court battle until late Saturday, when Musk appears to have largely taken the same deal he didn't want to take originally. So here's the details of it. It requires him to step down as Tesla chairman for three years, but he gets to remain as CEO. Also, he and Tesla must each pay a $20 million penalty. Tesla's got to add a couple independent directors and Musk must pre-screen any tweets or any other public statements on Tesla with someone the company will hire for that express purpose. In other words, he's going to have a tweet minder. The only exception is going to be if Musk gives a media interview, so don't be surprised to see an increase in those. The bottom line here is that it took a couple days, but Musk did the only responsible thing by taking the deal. His tweets were reckless and untrue, and even if he had somehow prevailed in court, it would have only been after months of uncertainty for Tesla employees, shareholders, and customers. Now he and the company can get back to making cars, not controversy. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper on this with Axios financial correspondent Felix Salmon. But first, this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by Axios's Felix Salmon. And Felix, what was your initial reaction when you saw the settlement on Saturday? I didn't understand it at all, because if you're not going to settle on Thursday, why are you going to settle on Saturday on worse terms? It seems like maybe someone managed to take Elon Musk off into a corner and talk sense into him, which is quite surprising because he's not the kind of person who listens to other people very much. He hired lawyers, or at least he announced he hired lawyers after the original suit. It, it might have been them. When you say worse terms, what specifically do you think were the worst terms on Saturday than what he was reportedly offered a couple days earlier? So he was reportedly offered a $10 million fine and a two-year suspension from serving as chairman. And what he ultimately agreed to was a $20 million fine and a three-year suspension. From your perspective, is this a major smackdown from the SEC or still a slap on the wrist, maybe just a little bit of a harsher slap than what he was going to get originally? Elon Musk is worth $19 billion. He finds $20 million down the back of the sofa. So the fine is entirely symbolic. The suspension as chairman is slightly more of a big deal, but ultimately it's something which all companies should do. And Elon should be happy with that, although obviously he won't be. And, you know, the SEC has improved corporate governance. Maybe they should do that with GE as well. 
You made the comment about uh, what all companies should do. I assume you mean separating the chairman, the CEO rules. The the part in here in this settlement where there's basically going to be a Twitter minder of Elon Musk, where there's going to be somebody who has to pre-screen what he says on social media or in other public statements. Could you see that at all? Could that become precedent setting or something that you think other companies will follow? Or is Elon kind of just a, a standalone sort of person that needs it? I think most companies already have that in effect that there are very few CEOs who tweet material information about their own companies without talking to their lawyers first. And so what this is doing is it's just formalizing a system within Tesla that de facto exists in pretty much every company with a tweeting CEO. You made a comment uh, in your uh, Edge newsletter, which comes out on Sundays, that one of the big reasons for Musk to settle, which he obviously did, was that having that lawsuit out there not only was a problem for morale and obviously was a legal problem for him, but it also was potentially a problem for Tesla because Tesla could end up needing to raise new capital and this would have made it more difficult. So by settling, has he removed that? In other words, can Tesla raise money now if it needs to? Yes, absolutely. I had a little chart, which I spent a lot of time putting together, of the Tesla enterprise value. And basically what it shows is that although $11 billion is a lot of debt that Tesla has right now, there's a big equity cushion there. Without this SEC lawsuit, Tesla is going to be able to raise more money. And even though Elon Musk keeps on talking about how Tesla is going to be profitable any minute now. I don't think anyone really believes him. Final question for you, Felix. It's part of the settlement, and, and we see this almost always when we see a settlement with the SEC, is that Elon didn't have to admit any wrongdoing. So basically, I'm, I'm paying all this money. I am stepping down as chairman, but I didn't do anything wrong. It, I'm apparently doing it out of the goodness of my heart. What's your sense of that? Does that matter in the end? I, I know that CEOs or people who settle will ultimately fall back on that when they give statements or interviews. From your perspective, should the SEC demand as part of these settlements that Musk say or, or other CEOs say, yeah, I did wrong? It should. I mean, it's interesting that that was the sticking point originally by all accounts, that it's neither confirmed nor denied settlement. And so he can't. This is interesting. He cannot say that he did nothing wrong. He wanted to be able to say that he did nothing wrong. And under the terms of the settlement, he can't do that. He's not going to say that he did do something wrong. But he's not, he can't say that he didn't. Now, I think you're right. I think that if you're going to pay a fine and step down as chairman and settle with the SEC, and plus just generally admit to human fallibility and basically to say, yeah, I did something wrong. I shouldn't have sent out that tweet. It was stupid. That would actually increase confidence that the market has in Elon Musk. The reason that Elon Musk doesn't want to admit that he did something wrong is that if he does that, that puts him in a worse position in all of the civil suits that are still outstanding against him. Let me follow up on that. As you say, there are civil suits still outstanding from shareholders. There's also, in theory, the possibility that there could be criminal charges from the Department of Justice. Do you foresee that, given that there's been a settlement, there's any legitimate chance the DOJ still files suit? None. Zero. Fair enough. Thanks so much to Felix Salmon, Chief Financial Correspondent for Axios. My final two right after this. Axios gives you the news and analysis you need to get smarter faster on the most important topics. In our unique smart brevity format, we cover topics from politics to science and media to tech. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now back to the Pro Rata podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first is a major shakeup at one of America's best known and oldest companies, General Electric. GE this morning fired chairman and CEO John Flannery just 13 months after he took the job. 
This move came after GE shares fell to a nine-year low last week and a new announcement that GE will take a so-called non-cash charge of $23 billion for its struggling power business. So in layman's terms, GE basically thought the unit would be worth way more than it was actually worth. Why it matters is that GE is flailing so soon after Flannery took over from former CEO Jeff Immelt, and it suggests the board believes the margin for error has shrunk dramatically and quickly. 300,000 employees could hang in the balance. And finally, California Governor Jerry Brown yesterday signed a new net neutrality bill into law, and within hours, the U.S. Justice Department filed suit to keep the new protections from taking effect. The bottom line here is that this is about way more than just net neutrality and the specifics of the California law. As Axios's Ina Fried writes this morning, it's really about whether regulators can stop states from passing rules that the federal government won't adopt or enforce. The Trump administration argues that what Jerry Brown did violates interstate commerce rules, while California says it has a right to regulate what companies do in-state with in-state consumers. Expect the courts to eventually decide it. And finally, usually we have two, but today is a three. Real quick, it's the one-year anniversary of the Las Vegas massacre, in which 58 concert goers were killed by a gunman in the Mandalay Bay Hotel. 365 days and bump stocks, which the gunman used and which effectively turned semi-automatic weapons into automatic weapons, remain legal in most of the country, despite President Trump's pledge to change that. And we're done. Thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, have a great National Homemade Cookies Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.